Welcome to Clued in Mystery. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke, and we both love mystery. Hi, Brooke. Good morning, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm great. We're enjoying some springtime weather finally in my neck of the woods. It was a, it was a chilly spring so far, so we're really happy about this sunshine we're getting. We've had a short spring, and it is going to be full-on summer this weekend, so I'm pretty excited about that. I think that's where we're headed to. (laughs) So today we are going to talk about PI sleuths, which uh, I think will be really interesting. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll start us off with our little summary. So in season one, we did a two-part series on noir and hard-boiled detective fiction with Frances of Chronicles of Crime, and she is an absolute expert. And in those shows, we highlighted the grim and gritty urban PIs of the 1940s and 50s and their creators, such as Raymond Chandler, DeShiel Hammett, and Ross MacDonald. This time, we'll investigate the beginnings of the subgenre a bit more, discuss some things we especially enjoy about private detective stories, and explore others in the space, including some more contemporary PIs. Private investigators are self-employed, self-proclaimed loners who hang out their shingle to earn a living helping others solve puzzles, gain justice, or prove innocence. This subgenre is situated firmly between police procedurals on one end, where police officers are the main characters, and cozy mysteries on the other, with amateur sleuths solving cases. To me, PI fiction contains the best of both worlds. As readers or viewers, we get a skilled detective hired to investigate a crime. Like in a police procedural, this automatically gives the character a believable reason for becoming involved in the case. But more similar to a cozy, they primarily work alone, and the cases they are originally hired for inevitably become more complicated, and they turn personal, which means the sleuth becomes emotionally invested. The first real-life detective agency was formed in 1833 by a French soldier, criminal, and privateer named Eugène-Francois Vidoc. He also hired ex-cons to work for him. His and other agencies offered investigative services for hire to individuals who believed the police weren't doing their job or that they weren't honest or fair. So this immediately created an intense rivalry between these new private detective agencies and the police forces. The seeds of two important PI tropes in fiction are embedded in this tiny bit of history. First, that of the shady character working as a detective sidekick or heavy, and second, the ongoing friction between the cops assigned to a case and the private investigator also trying to get to the bottom of it. Both of these components are popular tropes in private eye fiction even to this day. In actuality, the work of a private detective in our day and age is mostly administrative. Insurance agencies hire them to investigate insurance fraud, such as fake injuries or other suspicious claims, and attorneys hire them to perform due diligence work, such as serving paperwork and completing background checks or locating potential witnesses. Really, few private detectives actually get hired to investigate murders. But thankfully for us mystery lovers, in the world of fiction, we see it all the time. 
What's even better is when a seemingly simple case, like finding a long-lost sister or helping evict a troublesome tenant, reveals something completely sinister and takes the PI on a fun, twisty adventure. That dark, rather pessimistic vibe of Sam Spade and Philip Marlowe may be less popular in today's fiction, but I think the allure of PI fiction, with its succinct, dialogue-heavy scenes, friction between the cops and the PIs, and the heroic yet flawed sleuth remains. These are definitely the things that keep me coming back to the subgenre over and over. Some of my personal favorite PIs are The Three Investigators, Jupiter Jones, Peter Crenshaw, and Bob Andrews by Robert Arthur Jr., Kinsey Milhone by Sue Grafton, and Cormoran Strike by Robert Galbraith. But I also met some new ones this week while preparing for the show that I really enjoyed. And I'm interested in finding out your favorite, Sarah, and if you have any suggestions for me. Well, thank you, Brooke. I think that was uh, an excellent overview, um, just bringing us up to speed on the history of um, PIs and, and PIs in fiction. I So I think we've talked about this before. I've never read any Sue Grafton, and I haven't read any of the Cormorant Strike books. Um, what was the other one that you mentioned? Oh, it was my favorite as a kid, The Three Investigators. So that's a juvenile series where three kids... Uh, provide investigative services for their friends. So, um, yeah, and I, I haven't, I haven't read any of that. Um, but, uh, I think at some point I will, um, dive into, into each of those because you've, you've recommended them a couple of times, I think. Um, I, I think have read more of the cozy type PI fiction. And I, I think within the subgenre, there is that, there's also there is almost a sub sub genre where there's like the noir or the hard boiled the really gritty PIs, and then there's on the other side of the spectrum these cozier ones. And you you know you kind of alluded to this in the in the introduction. Um, so I really enjoyed the books that I've read from the series The Number One Ladies Detective Agency by Alexander McCall Smith. Uh, so that's set in Botswana and features a um, female uh, PI, you know, who sets up her um, investigative services and, and helps members of her community to, to, solve, um, to solve local crimes. It's a really sweet series. Uh, and another series along the same vein is um, um, Alan Bradley's series, featuring uh, Flavia Deleuze, where she is, she starts out as an 11 year old, um, but I'm not sure that I would categorize this as young fiction or fiction for young readers, because uh, she definitely is dealing with some um, adult themes, but is post-war Britain. And um, initially she's not a uh, private investigator, but over the course of the series, she does sort of take on um take on cases even though she's quite young uh but it's uh that's kind of fun um and so those are those are probably the ones that I read um the most of uh but there are some others that in preparing for our conversation today that I've I've read as well that's great. So we, I think, kind of bookend this because my experience in reading it has been 
more at the, um, I would say, grittier and then you're more at the cozy. And I've, I did the opposite. Like this week I read, um, the Maisie Dobbs series by Jacqueline Winspirit. Well, I didn't read the whole series, but I read one of her (laughs) books (laughs) and really loved it. And it's exactly what you say. It's like a cozy PI. Um, and someone else I would put into that category, uh, is, Miss Scarlet from Miss Scarlet and the Duke, which is a series, of course, on PBS. Um, and I found that I really enjoyed combining those two uh, those two flavors because while I do really enjoy the way a PI novel is told, because it's it's kind of told as a report, isn't it? You're getting a report on this investigation that this mm-hmm. person did, almost like you're sort of in the shoes of the person that hired them. You're getting like this, this report on how the investigation went. Um, I really enjoy that about the way these stories are told, but I don't necessarily need a really grim and dark story. So when you bring in the lighter feel with the female detective and um, even historical makes it even better. I just thought they were a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I so I did something similar, Brooke. I read a few of the darker kind of noir side of the spectrum to prepare, but more modern books. So I read The Missing American by Kwe Kwarti. And so this is a P.I. sleuth, is one of several characters in the book. It's, most of the others that I've read have really just been told from the perspective of the of the PI um, and are often in first person, I think. But mm-hmm. um, this one, we got the point of view of, of several characters. Um, and it's set in Ghana. The sleuth is um, a former police officer and uh, she joins a um, private detective agency. And so it's really, uh, I think it's the first in a series and it, it kind of is a little bit of her origin story. How does she become a detective? Um, and the story was really interesting. It revolved around online scams um, conducted mm. from Ghana, um, sort of uh, catfishing. Um, I think catfishing is the right word or the right term um, to scam, you know, either uh, Europeans or, or North Americans um, and, you know, convince them that they're, that they're dating a, um, someone who doesn't exist who then all of a sudden needs a lot of money and and the money gets wired over to the to the fraudster so anyway it was it was um it was it I liked it it was it was cozy ish it wasn't um super noir the other one that I read is IQ by Joe Ide um and it's set in I think East LA you know there's drugs, guns, violence, lots of language. So if I know there are some readers who don't really care for um, harsh language, there's definitely a lot in this. So this might not be the right book mm-hmm. for them. But um, uh, and again, this was in a, this was kind of his origin story um, and first in series. Uh, but this is a, a Sherlockian type story where um, 
the investigators, he goes by IQ, um, and he uses kind of Sherlock's methods in terms of um, observation to, to come to his conclusions, and he's got a sidekick named Dodson, um, and uh, they ha- definitely have some tension between them, but we get to learn kind of what their history of how they became um, a together how they became friends or acquaintances is perhaps um (laughs) a better description (laughs) um but definitely a darker um a darker story that's funny because iq was also on my list i didn't get to it because i read the Maisie dobbs and then i also picked up because it's it had been a while i read uh robert b parker one of the spencer novels uh, but uh, that is definitely one that I want to read too, because it's gotten um, a lot of attention. Those That's a great series. And it does parallel the Sherlock and Watson um, relationship. So I think it sounds really good. But I wanted to go back to the first title you mentioned. I love that it's so contemporary because I think a lot of times in PI stories that even though somebody's maybe writing them contemporary, we still get the same types of crimes. Like I mentioned some of them, you know, insurance fraud, and then you f- it leads into finding out that somebody that you thought was a suicide was a murder, for instance. Um, But I love that those crimes are so contemporary and it's things that people are experiencing right now. And I think it really freshens up um, maybe some of the tired tropes that uh, PI fiction could experience when they just kind of stick to those same stories. I liked that as well, that it was, you know, something told from the perspective of the person committing the crime as well. Like that was that was kind of interesting, um, as well as the victim. So yeah, that was... um, it, it was a good story for sure. Yeah. Um, you're right. I think a um, calling card of this subgenre is definitely that first person past tense, because like I said, it's like you're getting a report on how this investigation went. But um, Sue Grafton did something different with, um, so her series is the alphabet series, goes from A to actually Y, Sue Grafton passed away before she wrote Z. But in her book, which is X, and every book has like A is for alibi, B is for burglar, X is just X. She doesn't have any um, other explanation in the title. And it, it's a great story because uh, X means various things. And as you're reading it, you're like, oh, I think this is what the title means because somebody like there's an Xavier, for instance, and there's all these different things that you start to think could be the meaning of X. So that's really fun. But Back to my original point, which is um, that's the one and only book in her series that she tells from multiple points of view. And I really enjoyed it because similarly to what you said, you get the um, the bad guy's perspective. Uh, and most of the time during the story, you're not sure whose head you're in. You just know that it's the bad guy. But, but from the sleuth's perspective, you don't know who uh, the perpetrator is. But she actually got a lot of flack for that because she had set up the series to be this first person narrator. And when she dropped X and she had multiple points of view, her fans really didn't like it. And so she then went back to the original um, for why. And to me, that's probably more about the pattern that she had set up than, you know, you can't do that in a, a private detective novel. But just an interesting side note there. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Um, I started but didn't finish reading 
uh, a book by Kathy Ace. So again, this is the first in her Wise Women Detective Agency series, and it features a team of four investigators, one from Wales, one from Ireland, one from Scotland, and one from England, and that's where Wise comes from. Uh, and it's a pretty cozy, uh, cozy feel. And in this, they go undercover, and because it's four of them, the story is you know, necessarily told from different perspectives. Um, so I think most of the ones that I read were not first person. And maybe that's just a shift in the genre. I don't know. Yeah, good point. I think that the more traditional uh, noir leaning stories, you're going to get that uh, first person perspective, but maybe on the cozier end, you get to have uh, multiple. And I also think that these group stories where you have multiple sleuths. Uh, I mean, we're still talking about detective agencies, but I think that that's a very contemporary trend as well. And it makes me, even though um, this isn't a PI novel, but it makes me think about the Richard Osmond situation where you have this ensemble cast of people working together. They're popular. They're really fun. It's a way to incorporate different types of characters and then they can come together as a team. I always really like those types of stories. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of Vancouver authors who write in the PI genre. And there's two that I'm thinking of that are really on either end of the spectrum that we've been talking about. So the first is Sam Weed and his stories are feature the darker, grittier side of Vancouver. Um, and I think his sleuth is a former police detective, um, who's, you know, now set up his own investigative agency. Um, and they're, they're great. And he's won, um, he's won awards for, for his books. And the other side is AJ Devlin and his pro wrestler turned PI. Um, and so it's much more comedic, much lighter. Um, but both of those are set here in Vancouver and uh, AJ's won awards as well for for his series. So I, I thought I would just mention both of them um, as something that readers may want to uh, uh, look at. Those are great, Sarah. Yeah, that sounds really fun. You've told me about the uh, professional wrestler turned detective before, and I definitely have that on my list. It sounds really fun. I mentioned the three investigators series, but if you are a parent and you would like to get your young readers into PI fiction, I would highly recommend the A to Z mysteries by Ron Roy. And he also has the calendar mysteries. Uh, So these feature three friends who are um, investigating crimes for their friends. And of course, these are for early chapter readers. So the crimes are things like you know, a missing lunchbox or someone's dog uh, is is missing. But the characters are Dink Duncan, Josh Pinto, and Ruth Rose Hathaway. And it's a really cute um, young ensemble cast. And we read all th- of them A to Z when, when my daughter was little. And uh, I think that kids would really like these. Oh, that's an excellent recommendation. And I'm going to have to look for it because I do have a little mystery lover in our household. Would Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, they didn't officially set up as um, investigators, did they? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. They definitely helped people, but it wasn't, I think, the pure detective agency 
you know, that I have in my mind in this situation. But Veronica Mars, she was a detective or, you know, working with her dad at the beginning of the series and then on her own later. For sure. For sure. And I like what you said about the, um, the Alan Bradley series where perhaps this person is an amateur sleuth. They've solved some cases, but because they are really good at it, they become known for it and then open a detective agency. I like that concept because I think we can agree that a um, cozy mystery series with an amateur sleuth, you're really relying on your readers to suspend disbelief about this person continuing to solve crimes. We do it because it's a lot of fun. I mean, and I write them, so I understand deeply the the conundrum we get into. But I like that concept of like, okay, I'm really good at this. I think I'm going to, you know, hang out my sign and, uh, and offer to help others. I, I agree. I think, I think it makes sense from a, from a narrative perspective. And I think, um, MC Beaton did that with Agatha Raisin. Uh, so I think she started out not necessarily as a, you know, professional investigator, but ultimately, um, I think does open up her own investigative agency. I like that. Yes. I've read early, some of the early books in that series and they are a hoot, but, um, yeah, I love that concept. And I think it makes the, um, it continuing a series long-term more believable and, um, easier to buy into. Thank you so much. I think this has been a really fun conversation talking about PI sleuths and the, um, kind of broad spectrum that they, uh, that they can occupy in the books that we enjoy. Absolutely. And we both have more reading suggestions. And that's always a good thing. I know our our lists are never ending. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at Clued in Mystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.